You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcast from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Thursday. It is a game day here for New Orleans, not in the Crescent City, not really on the road either, but in Orlando as the first of the seeding games gets underway. We've got a Zion update. I'll give you guys that at the end of the show. But we're going to talk with David Locke, head of the Locked On Podcast Network, also radio voice of the Utah Jazz and host of Locked On Jazz to preview tonight's game, talk a little bit about the league as well, and get you set for tonight. I'm excited. You're excited. David's excited. We're all excited. And yeah, we cannot wait to see real basketball being played tonight. Let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. Before we get to my chat with David, today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. Joining me now on Locked On Pelicans, I've got David Locke, host of Locked On Jazz, the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, and oh, by the way, head of the Locked On Podcast Network. David, you excite, as excited as I am for this game tonight? You know, I think in some ways maybe um, it, it's... I'm not, it's so, everything's so different for me calling the game from the arena in Salt Lake city back to, you know, with the players in Orlando. Um, you know, my, I was with my daughter, uh, and she's so excited. And then we had another friend who's so excited. And, um, I think that there's a, there's a level of just, everything's new in what we're doing for, as a broadcaster that I think I'm kind of trying to just adjust. Uh, but yeah, I think once you suddenly start playing a game and it counts, it's gonna, it's gonna rev the, you know, and if we can get a Jazz Pelicans game the way we have had a Jazz Pelicans, they've been game, fun this year. <laughs> that that would be a really nice place to start the NBA season again. Yeah, uh, I did want to ask you about that calling the games from the arena. Is it is it helpful, kind of being in there that like some of the surroundings are at least kind of similar, despite the weird circumstances of everything? Yeah, I guess that's probably better than like doing it from home or a conference room or a, a radio studio. I mean, it's one, it's safer, it's nice, we have great space, we're socially distanced, and we have lots of room. So I think those things are all really positive. Um, we're doing it off the big screen, which uh, the Jazz Arena has a mammoth big screen, so uh, that's nice. Um, so in, in many ways, you know, yeah, that probably is a little bit nicer. It's, it's funky, though, when you're not connected to the team and you're so used to being connected to the team. I talked about this on, on yesterday's show. That's going to apply to players and staff in Orlando, too, with only 35 guys being part of the travel party and the majority of that being players. You know, I, I've wondered how some of the prep work for coaches goes in. You know, some of the advanced scouting when maybe you don't have those scouts watching other games for opponents and all of that. So this is something that kind of bleeds over to everyone and everyone's just kind of going about how they do their job in this environment dramatically differently. And we're going to kind of see what those results are, right? Yeah, I mean, I know the Jazz have two coaches that are back there on Zoom calls. All their coaches' meetings, they have webcammed and done, so those coaches are part of them as well. Um, 
So, you know, everyone's doing the, their various things. You're right. Advanced scouting is probably a little different in the sense that they're all in the same building. Mm-hmm. You've also had months and months and months to scout. You've, um, you've kind of known who your playoff opponents yeah. could be. There were rumors of who you were going to play. I think teams are overly, you know, the jazz did some things during the scrimmages, knowing who their eight next opponents were and who their potential uh, playoff opponents are. So they, they played the scrimmages differently in some manner because of that. That, no, and that makes, uh, that makes a lot of sense. I think, you know, it's, it's just kind of, you've got to adjust on the fly to it. So Speaking of that, how have uh, the Jazz looked in the scrimmages? How are they kind of different from what we've seen during the regular season? You know, they're a good deal different than what we saw in the regular season because they don't have Boyan Bogdanovich. And so the fact that they've lost him has made them smaller. Uh, They're playing really those minutes with Royce O'Neal and Emmanuel Moutier, and and that's a big drop-off from a a 21-point-a-game scorer. And so it's forced them to play a quicker game, to shoot more threes, um, in six quarters in which they had their starters on the floor in the last two scrimmages, so the first and third quarter of those two games, um, the, they ended up taking 48% of their shots as threes um, in that span, which is a higher rate than the Rockets. Uh, so they're playing a little quicker. They're, taking, they're more urgent to take threes. They're willing to take contested threes. They're willing to take off the bounce threes. Um, their feeling is if they're going to be able to beat anyone, they're going to do it with rebounding uh, with uh, three point shooting. Rebounding is I'm not sure going to be the biggest problem in the sense that Boyan was not a very good rebounder, but I do I do think space is going to be an issue. So that you know if Drew Holiday is coming up in the open floor, Brandon Ingram, it's going to be hard to build a a defensive wall to prevent them from going to the rim or thinking they can get to the rim. Yeah, no, I, I think it's interesting with with Bogdanovich not being out there. He had 26 against New Orleans, then 35 against New Orleans. So it kind of creates a really different dynamic, I think, for this first game in the prep work that goes in. And, and that's an important thing for New Orleans, by the way, on the in terms of like the size and going a little bit smaller. If you're not able to kind of take away that aggression, that's where they're probably at their best is breaking down a defense like that. They can sometimes rely a little too much on three point shooting and they're a good three point shooting team. But if you go cold like that, like they were in the first half against the Bucks in their final scrimmage, it's not a really good quarter for you or a good half. And when they kind of turn that around in the second half, that's when they really kind of took it to that team. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see how, you know, these teams kind of respond to all of that. Do you, I talked about this yesterday too. Do you think three-point shooting is going to increase just around the league in all of this and kind of these almost empty, the empty arena kind of atmosphere that it's got? So it's interesting you ask that because I actually texted Kevin Pelton um, and asked him this week whether or not he thought whether the Jazz three-point shooting was up or whether everybody's three amount of three-point shooting was up. And um, and I haven't heard back yet. Uh, the, the league was shooting a less good percentage. I know that. A little bit of the Jazz thought is that if, if teams are shooting the three a little less well, then the fact that they're a good shooting team makes them even more valuable. Um I have talked to some coaches who are in the bubble who say they think that there's going to be a, a, a basketball freedom for some of these players and that, you know, the player that might not be willing to take the three or to try something will now try it because they don't have to worry about the crowd ooing and aahing or airballing them or that there's a little bit of a pickup element and freedom to what to what's going on. Uh, that'd be great probably for a guy like Lonzo Ball who doesn't really want to drive and attack because he's terrified of going to the free throw line and, right. you know, shooting less than 50% there. And I'm convinced that's why he doesn't really drive nearly as much as he should. 
for a team like New Orleans. So maybe if he's less worried about getting booed or laughed at or what have you, it frees him up a little bit more. But I, I agree with you in that, that things just seem like they're going to be a little bit looser in all of this, I think, a little bit. And I think some of that maybe comes to, you know, you, maybe your game plans are going to be different or some of the data you have on teams is almost outdated because guys are sitting out or what have you. So it's um, it's one of those things that, like, it's kind of a big unknown, and I'm excited to see what we get out of this. So we'll continue the conversation with David here in just a minute. But before we do that, I do want to mention, if you're looking to start your day with news that matters in under 10 minutes, you've got to check out the Axios Today podcast. Host Nyla Boodoo and a team of award-winning journalists will bring you the latest analysis and insight into the trends shaping our world. You want to be connected? The Axios Today podcast is a great way to do it in just a short bit of time. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is also brought to you by rockauto.com. I was taking out the older car I have, I have a 1976, just kind of driving it around and I noticed it wasn't braking too well. Pretty important thing, right? So I got it home and realized I needed to put some new brake pads on all four of the wheels here. I could go on over to the chain store, talk to a guy behind the counter, and they're just going to give me one option, and I'd buy that, right? But I don't know anything about that. I don't know if I could have gotten a better price. I don't even know if the brake pads are all that good of quality. When it comes to your car, you want to keep it in the best shape possible. It's your transportation. It is vital to just everything getting done for you, right? You don't want to kind of go with the unknown. So I went to rockauto.com, selected my year. Their, their catalog is remarkably easy to navigate. Selected the year, selected the make, the model, clicked on brake pads. There's like 20 options there. I can click from performance. I can also just choose the lowest price. And by the way, their prices are reliably low. They're going to beat those chain stores. And those chain stores also have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Are you a professional mechanic? No? then you're not going to get the cheapest price at those chain stores, but you will over at rockauto.com. It's a family business and been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. There are so many different ones. They're going to have your car. 100%. They're going to have your car. I promise. And best of all, again, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Don't spend up to twice as much for the same parts. So go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So with with Bogdanovich out, who's got to really step up for the Jazz in, you know, this first game against New Orleans, which I'm sure they'd love to win. And then are they going to take this game, you know, like a regular season game or are they just going to kind of ease through or ease into these eight seeding games, do you think? No, I mean, I think everybody in the West got to try to make sure they don't end up being seventh. So in that sense, I'm pretty certain that they're going to take this very seriously. Um, The second part of that is um, or the first part of that is Mike Conley. I think will be the obvious one who needs to step it up a little bit um, and will have a larger role. He was really quite good at uh, bef- before the break, uh, before the suspension. He was uh, shooting about 46% from the field and 44% from three in the final 11 games, 17 points, four rebounds, five assists. He's been terrific so far in the scrimmage. So I think that's an important piece. 
you know, we, we can overplay this sometimes. You know, what matters is that Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are great, right? What yeah. matters is that Drew Holiday and, like, in Zion, like, we can get a little lost in this that, um, sure, Joe Ingles has got to step up, and I think Mike Conley, I mean, I really, you know, our three best players are now Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, and Rudy Gobert. So those, those guys have to be great. And I think the problem that Mike Conley had during the years is that at times he wasn't one of the three best players, and he'd never been in that circumstance before. So in some ways, this could be better for him. Yeah, I guess it's so I look at that with like Drew Holiday, too. You know, it's going to be Ingram who's got to lead this team. Zion, it appears he's going to be playing is my best guess uh, in the game um, tonight against the Utah Jazz. So it takes some of the pressure off of those guys, I think, a little bit where at least for Drew Holiday, he doesn't need to be the man on offense like he's needed to be at times. And it frees him up to do more defensively. Maybe it's a a bit of a similar situation for Conley because he struggled shooting this year, I think. And is it just kind of the change in role, the change in mindset and the aspect of how now guys have a different role in the bubble, I think is pretty fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, you know, I think Mike struggled because one, I think he was banged up a little bit. Um, two, I think he struggled because it was just such a crazy new role that he'd never had before. Um, and on a new team. And I think that this has also allowed um, everyone to, you know, find a way to, uh, adapt to Mike and make his his life better as well so I think that that um I you know I think there's an element here where Mike has has adapted to what's going on yeah I think and he's he's a consummate pro so I think that's the type of guy you could put in any situation and whatever it is you know just given the right level of comfort and being healthy is obviously pretty important too seems like he would just kind of fit into that so as we wrap up here just any final thoughts on the bubble anything you've seen being just around the jazz and the league closer than some of the other people I've talked to well, I mean, I think obviously the NBA deserves a lot of credit. That's easy. Uh, yeah. The guys I talk, you know, when the first set, when the first set of of no positive tests came out, uh, um, the mood of everyone in the bubble changed. Like, oh, this is working. These somewhat feeling like they're overblown security issues are are, are working all right My, you know the fact that there's like mask security around everywhere telling everyone to put their mask on i was doing an interview with our utahjazz.com guy and all of a sudden you know he was like he said he was out in a way nowhere near anyone someone comes by and asks him to put his mask on because he had been talking on the phone with me um you know so you the way that they're doing this it has incredible you know detail and i think it was overwhelming at first for everybody and then when it got better and it became, and it became clear that, you know, that they, it was working. And then I think all of a sudden everybody um, kind of mellowed out a little bit. You, you saw JJ Redick echo that he spoke in one of his first media availability saying there was just no way going into this, that he was really going to feel safe or comfortable. And then the other day he spoke about it and said, you know, after being here, seeing all the protocols, seeing the negative tests come back, he basically said he feels safer than potentially anywhere else he would be. So the NBA has really created an environment where we're able to have sports that's safe for everybody involved. And I think that really says something right now with everything. Who does, going JJ, on who does JJ Redick play for? Who does JJ Reddick play for? Right? No, no idea. So crazy. <laughs> Look, that was a that was a statement. I think when they made that signing, that guy who's got a playoff streak that he doesn't want to lose decided to come here to New Orleans to play after the debacle of last season with Anthony Davis. Uh, sends some sort of message about a veteran guy being like, "That's the team I want to go for." We, he's he's a great guy to have on you know on a team, especially with a ton of Duke guys, and he's a really good interview too. 
No, he's great, right? No, I mean, I, I know JJ a little bit because we're both foodies, so we talk about that a lot. <laughs> well, hopefully, we'll this we'll, we'll be able to kind of have people traveling around next season to be able to go to restaurants in different cities. But let's just get through this stuff first. So, David, thanks for taking some time with me today. My pleasure, Jake. Thank you very much. So again, big thanks to David Locke for coming on, chatting about the Utah Jazz and the NBA's restart. And we're going to wrap up the show here in just a minute uh, and talk about Zion. We'll give you an update on him. Yeah, we've got an update on what his playing status might look like tonight. Before we do that, though, don't forget, subscribe to Locked on Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. The only show here Monday through Friday for you all, breaking down everything you want to know about the association, Zion and the Pelicans overall. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Tell a friend about the show. And leave a five-star review with a comment. It takes like three seconds. Most importantly, hit that subscribe button. All right, wrapping up today's show with a Zion update. We do these daily whenever something happens, but he's that important to the team. And knowing what's going on with him is going to frame all of the conversations basically we might have for years around this franchise. So Alvin Gentry spoke to the media. Zion spoke to the media after practice yesterday. Gentry said he went through a couple of drills, didn't really get into the five on five. They overall had a light day, which frankly makes a lot of sense for everything, given that uh, they play a game tonight. So they ran some five on five, but there wasn't a lot of contact. um, And he just basically participated, did some personal development work on everything after and basically just said it's going to be up to the medical staff to decide if Zion plays or not. He's going to follow their recommendations, whether it's a minute restriction, whether it's he doesn't play or what have you. I, I My guess is he plays. They've been very reluctant to just come out and say it, but I think they've been kind of burned with how things happened in the past with him and they're not going to kind of go down that hole knowing how much hype is around him. But they're also going to be cautious. This is more than just the short term, do what you need to do to get into the playoffs in the bubble. It's thinking long term about him. And that's the most important thing. Um, Zion did say after practice, speaking to the media, he said, quote, my body feels fine. Even with the time off, my body still feels fine. When you get out there, it's five on five and you're going in against NBA players. So there's a lot of stuff we're going to have to look into and quote, but it sounds like he feels fine. I think that's a real big thing. He said he's felt a whole lot better since March and these couple of months off really helped him. And he's a hooper and he wants to play. It's kind of as simple as that. He's going to want to be out there. He doesn't want to have a minutes restriction. We'll see if the Pelicans put one on him. We'll see if they play him. I'm feeling like they will. So I think that's kind of a big thing. And so you'll see him out there. It's going to kind of change the face of the game. We've seen how well he does. So There you go. It makes the Pelicans three-point favorites, which they are going into tonight's game against the Utah Jazz. Other notes from this, things you may or may not want to pay attention to, is supposedly this being the first game, it being on TNT. um, If you're watching it on TNT, they're going to show a lot of the pregame stuff, the anthem. And it sounds like both the Utah Jazz and the New Orleans Pelicans are going to kneel together around the Black Lives Matter logo and word mark that's been put on the court. There's likely to be a demonstration. Zion even talked about what he may or may not be wearing on the back of his jersey. Uh, He said, you'll just have to wait and see. It'll be a surprise. But it was then reported that he's going to be wearing peace on the back. Uh, So he's involved in all of this or the other players. If you don't like that stuff and it bothers you for whatever reason, If you turn on the local broadcast, I doubt you'll see as much of that. But it being a national TV game, if you want to watch the Pels, 
and you don't want to be miserable, kind of pick accordingly. I'm going to be flipping between the two. Stan Van Gundy is calling the game on TNT tonight, and he's been really, really good uh, from uh, TV and Twitter so far. So I'm kind of excited to hear what he is going to be like. Uh, he's been very outspoken. He's got some really fun thoughts on things as well as really good basketball insight. I'm excited for Joel, Antonio, and Jen on the Fox Sports Southwest broadcast, but I'm also pretty excited to hear Stan Van Gundy do this. So I'm going to be flipping between the two as well. I'm just excited to get some basketball back. Well, they've gone 3-0 and in scrimmages. Can they carry some of that form over? It's going to start with the defense. Derek Favors is going to be key tonight in uh, the matchup, trying to limit a guy like Donovan Mitchell. Maybe you can do that. You've also got Drew Holiday. That'll kind of play a role in that. If they do that, I feel pretty good. These two teams have had some fun matchups so far this year, and hopefully we get another uh, regular season classic, I guess we can call it, in tonight's opening game. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy tonight's game. Big thank you to Rock Auto for sponsoring today's show. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Don't forget to subscribe to Locked on Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow to have a real basketball game recap. <laughs>